maybe, maybe not. Uh, if you are joining me, uh, thank you for coming on board. Uh, we do this every Sunday night and Tuesday night. And uh, if you can't tell, uh, sometimes I have technological issues, sometimes I don't. And right now, I hope uh, we are going to roll on away, roll on through all of this. Looks like we're in good shape. All right, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, if you're listening on SoundCloud, if you're listening on YouTube while you're driving in the car or kind of whatever you're doing, running the, running the errands and all that, we, we talk about Georgia every Tuesday and Sunday night. <clears throat> this is Dean Leggy. I've covered Georgia for the last 18 years. And uh, a big win for the dogs this past uh, Saturday night. It really felt like they were the better team um, most of the time. I have to say that there were some moments in the first quarter where uh, I've seen Georgia play better. Um, and they're getting a lot of national attention now all of a sudden after four games in a row, three of which they won. Obviously, the LSU game, they did not win. But you know, the win over Kentucky, the win over Florida, the win over Auburn, I think people don't necessarily um, think Auburn's some sort of world beater right now. But the way Georgia beat them going away was a solid look, and, um, you know, there's, you know, Georgia's really turned around this Auburn series in a big, big way, and you saw that on Saturday night. Georgia's just too deep, it feels like, for what Auburn is right now, and um, you could get some change at Auburn eventually. I don't know that you're going to get it right now. Because it just it feels like right now, um, after that contract that Gus just signed, I don't really know how you can make a change there. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not sure. This week, Georgia, as you can see from the graphic, is going to play Massachusetts. That game's a 4 o'clock tip-off. My basic question about this game is, how many people will actually be in the stadium at any one given moment? My guess is that it will be maybe 80,000. Um, but that's, you know... Considering everything that's going on, I think a lot of people want a break. Um, this game gives a very easy, it's, it's a very easy way of doing that. Um, I know that for me uh, and our group, uh, you know, you're just trying to do some things, get some things done that you haven't done already during the season. Um, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, whether it's photos or stories or whatever. Um, not go so nuts on days like today. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, as a program and as a team, uh, Georgia, they're playing younger guys against the likes of Auburn. They're playing younger guys against Florida. I mean, you saw Devontae Wyatt this past weekend really play well. Um, so that was the guy I saw at Towers. And uh, I didn't see him live in junior college, but I certainly saw him live in Tower at Towers High School. And he was the side-to-side -side guy. He was a good player for um, for the Titans. Uh, and he showed up last night. You know, this is just a solid Georgia team. This is a team that can win the national championship, but no one's going to talk about them winning the national championship. And I think that that's you know something you got to realize, and 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 you take everything with a grain of salt. <clears throat> You know, Clemson and, and Clemson and Alabama are going to take the the marquee billing most of the time uh, from here on out. And of course, unlike everybody else, uh, the two teams in the SEC have to play one another, which is not always a lot of fun. 
Um, but it is a quarterfinal. It will be a quarterfinal matchup. Obviously, Georgia will beat Massachusetts this coming week. Um, but we don't know what will happen in that Alabama game. And, you know, you cannot look ahead. Um, you cannot look past Georgia Tech. This is a Tech team that is uh, getting better for sure. <clears throat> they are scoring more points. Although lately they, they have regressed a little bit the last three weeks. But they're scoring more. Well, they're not one and three. I mean, they started the season one and three. I think they are six and four right now. So they're something like five and one in their last six games, just like Georgia. Now, the foes that they're pay, playing are not at all like what Georgia's dealing with. But Tech plays pretty well in Atlanta, in, uh, in Athens. Much better, it seems like, than they play in Atlanta. Um, and so you have to watch it. I mean, you know, it feels like at some stage there's going to be an upset in some of these games. <clears throat> Maybe that's the one that people need to pay attention to. I mean, Georgia's going to be something like a 17-point favor over Tech. That's a lot. Um, there's really not a lot of universes where Georgia should lose this game uh, to Tech. I think the biggest thing in that one is uh, can Tech stop Georgia enough? And part of that may just be, you know, on offense, staying out there and running the clock all the way down from 40 seconds every single snap. Uh, but this is a good uh, run-based defense for Georgia. It's not elite, but it's good. And the biggest thing is that in the front seven of Georgia, they will be fresh in a fourth quarter because there's so many guys that are playing. And, and I don't think they'll play against Tech, you still could be getting some of your, uh, you know, sort of banged up guys back as you get closer and closer to the SEC championship game, and obviously in the bowl game. What bowl game will that be? That's becoming more and more difficult to figure out. I mean, because if you get to the playoff, that means that you will have beaten number one Alabama. What do you do at that stage with number one Alabama if you're the committee? I mean, are they are they then knocked all the way down to four, or are they a three? Um, you know, it would be hard to imagine that Alabama would lose to Georgia and then turn around and play them in a two, three game. Um, you know, a month later, that's just hard to believe. Uh, they avoided Georgia Bama last year by sticking Bama as the four. You'd also have to know what, what's going to happen with, uh, Outside of the league, I mean, is at that stage, it should be Ohio State or Michigan, one of them figuring out how to get into the championship, uh, into the playoff. Uh, Oklahoma is kind of hanging around, although not an unbelievable performance against Oklahoma State, although not that's not surprising either this weekend. Um, <clears throat> so much for Georgia to play for. This isn't about next year. This is about right now. Um and I'm not saying it doesn't matter who they play, because it does matter who you play. And maybe I'm being over dramatic about you know Tech's chances to to beat Georgia, but I do think you do have to take it seriously whenever you're facing a triple option team. Uh, and oh, by the way, they're your you know arch rival. So <clears throat> all those things matter and should be taken into consideration for Tech Georgia, but. You know, and, and I'm not going to sit here and suggest in any way that Georgia has going to struggle at all with Massachusetts because they're not going to. 
um, the, the likelihood of them losing is, you know, built, you know the, the reverse of astronomical. It's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, this is really a 13-day period to get ready for Georgia Tech and beyond. Um, Georgia <clears throat> has taken very seriously the option uh, attack of Tech uh, in practices over the last, you know, two years for sure. Uh, they were not going to get they, they, they learned, Kirby and them learned the same lesson Mark Rick did that you can't just practice it once and in, in not not once but like in a week a week period you've got to you know stretch it out and Kirby and them never really dealt with a triple option not not really and the the truth is that you've got to deal with it literally every single season at Georgia if you played it. You know, if Alabama played it while he was a defensive coordinator there, and they certainly could have, and I not remember it, but it wasn't an every year thing. The closest you got to that was, you know, maybe Mississippi State or someone like that, or, or Auburn, or Auburn. But, um, you know, this is about the the back-to-back weeks of Tech and, and Alabama, and uh, they are both astronomically important games. Uh, I will say this. Let, let's talk through real quick. What is the bowl scenario if, I, I mean, Dabo Sweeney's teams have proven through the years they are capable of losing to anyone in any game. This team feels like one of their better teams, but one of their better teams still just, they just have strange losses. So I still, though, it's it's hard to see them losing. I mean, they got Duke, South Carolina, both home games, probably both night home games. Duke is a night home game. So them losing those two games, you know, I just, I don't see it. And then they'd have to play Pittsburgh, a team that has defeated them lately in the ACC championship game. Those three are all must wins for Clemson. I think there's no question. The only team that can afford a loss right now is Alabama, and that's it. And, And even for them, you know, it wouldn't be ideal. It would depend on when you lose and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but I think Alabama could could lose a game for sure. Um, so let's just say Clemson wins. You know, let's say Oklahoma wins. You've got the Big Ten champion. And let's say that Alabama and Georgia, only one of them gets in. So that would be Alabama. In that scenario, Georgia would almost certainly, but not 100%, go to the Sugar Bowl. After that, it gets a little... So they, they wouldn't certainly go to the Sugar Bowl, but there's a really high probability of that happening, particularly if Oklahoma is not there. So if Oklahoma figures out how to get into the playoff, I would say with 80% certainty that Georgia's going to the Sugar Bowl. If Oklahoma's there, I think it changes the arithmetic a little bit for the Sugar Bowl. Do you really want Oklahoma-Georgia? They just played. Um, you know, is that what you want? Maybe. I mean, we don't. we, we can't know. Uh, what the committee is going to want, or what the really what the the Sugar Bowl will want, they probably will want the highest ranked SEC team, and that still should be Georgia, even with a loss in the championship game. What starts becoming very problematic is if Georgia, there's only, I, in my opinion, there's only a couple of teams that can beat Alabama, Georgia being one of them. Georgia, Clemson. You know, after that. <laughs> It gets a little fuzzy. I mean, could you really beat uh, Oklahoma? Probably could beat them because of the offense, but their defense is a massive liability. I don't know that Oklahoma could stick with Alabama for four straight quarters, considering their liabilities on defense. 
Maybe they could. Maybe they just score a bunch of points. Michigan, I think that's a bad matchup for for a lot of teams. Uh, for Michigan would be a, a you know they have a tough time winning uh, in the playoff against teams not named Notre Dame. And I, I think Notre Dame's probably the sixth or seventh best team in the country. I realize that they're undefeated. I get that, but they have had some subpar moments this season, struggling to beat Ball State, struggling to beat Vanderbilt, struggling to beat Pitt. They have not played SC yet. They will still do that. I, you know, SC looks bad. So, so Notre Dame should get in. Clemson should get in. And that's when it really gets weird. If Georgia wins, what are you doing there? Are you taking it? Does that really knock Alabama out? It might this season. If Alabama is in, there is no shot that those two play in the semifinal the next week. So in that scenario, you'd probably have Clemson as the one, someone else as the two, Georgia as the three, and Alabama as the four. You could also have, it just is completely disingenuous though, for Georgia to beat Alabama and be behind them in the poll, that's just not going to happen. So a Georgia win would, you know, I don't think Clemson would want this, but probably would mean another semifinal between Alabama and uh, uh, Clemson in the Orange Bowl because Clemson would be the home team. In that scenario, it seems to me, and I'm just talking through this right now in my head, it does seem to me now that I say that out loud, it's kind of hard for Georgia to go to the Orange Bowl. It will probably be the Cotton Bowl. Let me make sure I'm saying that right. So if, if Georgia, if Clemson wins, um, then they, I mean, if Clemson wins, they have to, excuse me, they have to go to the Orange Bowl from my understanding because of, uh, it's closer, A, but B, uh, well, Alabama would probably be sent to the Cotton Bowl. Whoever is the one gets the first choice. Like, Clemson was the one last year, so instead of playing the Rose Bowl, they played in the Sugar Bowl. So this year it's who is the one. If the one is Clemson, they're playing in the Orange Bowl. That's what's going to happen. If Clemson is the one, that means Alabama's not. That means Georgia's beaten them. So you'd go Clemson one if they win. What if everything goes to shit on championship day? I mean, that's another question that you have to worry about to some degree. I mean, Georgia beating out Alabama is not out of the realm of possibility. Clemson losing is hard to believe. What if Northwestern beats Michigan? What if two-loss West Virginia beats Oklahoma? What if Notre Dame loses to SC coming into championship weekend? These things are not all probable, but they're not nuts. I mean, Clemson losing is probably the nuttiest thing, but it's Clemson. I mean, they, they have, again, they sometimes struggle in those situations sometimes not this year so far but you still you know you're still 12 solid games away from knowing what's what in the playoff um you know northwestern beating ohio state or michigan would be insane they would go to the rose bowl there would be no big 10 person in the playoff and then you would have to look hard at the Big 12 all of a sudden. And then you probably would have two SECs in if the Big 10 got punted again. So the likelihood of Georgia beating Alabama and then playing in the Orange Bowl seems relatively low. But um, it's it's it seems to me like you're headed towards the Sugar Bowl probably. If you win the SEC championship game, you probably are heading to the Cotton Bowl. 
and they're not going to go below the bowl, you know, below the uh, New Year's Day bowls. So, you know, there's a slight possibility they could play in the Peach Bowl. That seems that seems unlikely. There's a possibility someone's got to play in the Fiesta Bowl. And what I mean by that is someone named LSU, Georgia, or probably Florida is going to have to play in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, I know the Fiesta Bowl does not want Florida because Florida doesn't travel. They don't go to home games. So that's a that's not what you want if you are the Bulls. It's just there's so much in front of this team. There's speculation, this, that, and the other. But the way they're playing, there's no reason they can't wind up in Santa Clara to play for the national championship. Uh, the negativity towards the um, the outcome of the Alabama Georgia game. I mean, they're they're going to play Alabama. We know that. Um, but the the certain the the, the Larry Munsonness of all of this, you know, that really annoys me. I have to say, just as a person who's ever played a sport, particularly because Georgia is good, um, the certainty factor. Like I didn't wasn't certain Auburn was going to beat. Um, oh, that George was going to be Auburn the other night. And you saw for a little bit of time, they stuck in there, you know. But the certainty level, like, I, you know, Clemson fans do it too. There's there's no way we can beat Alabama. You know, not now. Not without Deshaun. Not without, you know, they had Deshaun and lost. But not without uh, Mike Williams, you know. They had a dynamic team. So you hear this sort of negativity. But, but Alabama can be beaten. For sure, and um, you got to be physical, got to be able to score some points, and you got to have, you know, frankly, to be George Michael here, you got to have faith. If you if you don't, you know, then you you've already defeated yourself. I'm sure no one will be listening to this part of the podcast or paying attention to this part of the video, but it's the Bank South keys to the game for the UMass game. We're going to talk about Bank South just for a second here. Whether you're buying your first home, building your dream home, or finally. Moving up to that man cave to watch the dogs on Saturdays. You need a lender that can get you across the goal line to the t- closing table. Bank South Mortgage makes your part of getting a home loan easy with their Ready Loan mobile app. Download the Ready Loan app from the App Store or, or Google Play Store today and get started on your loan application and let the experienced team at Bank South Mortgage help guide you home. Bank South Mortgage is an e- equal housing lender. NMLS number 690971. We are extremely appreciative of Bank South. Please, banksouth.com, banksouth.com, banksouth.com. They have really been helpful this season. They are good people over there. I, I wish Bank South were getting a little bit more bank for their buck with the uh, UMass keys to the game. Uh, number one, show up. They're going to win this game. So, you know, no big deal. Number two, Get healthy, Ben Cleveland, defensive lineman, etc. Stay healthy. That goes for everyone else. And then third, you know, it's not really a fashion show out there, this game. It's not a game that you're trying to impress pollsters or anything like that. But you want to get this thing over with in in, in the second quarter. You want Justin Fields to have a legitimate third quarter to play. <clears throat> he needs to be able to make mistakes. He needs to be able to make throw interceptions, get delay penalties. Otherwise, he's just not going to grow. So it's it's you know the the loud roar that we heard from Sanford Stadium uh, in 
in late in the game was uh, was not Rodrigo's, you know, everyone cheering for Rodrigo Blankenship. It was when Justin completed a pass. Justin Fields is a special player. He has a special talent, but he's got to play. Everybody knows it, and uh, everyone was glad to see it. But he's got to be allowed to make mistakes, too. Um, he's got to be developed. 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 And that means real live with the bullets flying. So that's why you want to end this in the second quarter. Uh, maybe you get him a drive in the first quarter. I don't know. But, um, you know, you want this game to be over. You don't want any stupid targeting penalties in the second half that you're going to be dealing with tech. I mean, Georgia had their... Georgia had their real deal guys in at the end of the game against Auburn. At least I remember DeAndre Baker being out there, uh, which was interesting um, as Auburn tried to drive the field to to polish off that game. Uh, the fake field goal was interesting, if you want to call it interesting. I I don't know what the better phrase would be, other than you know Kirby's out here trying to decapitate people. But hey, you know this isn't tiddlywinks. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I, did, I don't know that I understood that completely, but I understood it after the game. I understood it after the game, what they were doing. They were sending a message, clearly, to everyone, not just to Auburn. It's, uh, hey, we're here, and uh, we're going to go for it on fourth down, up 17. We're trying to score 24 points. We're trying to make it as impossible for you to win this game with three minutes or two minutes left as possible. If I were an Auburn fan, I'd be pissed about that. I get that. But if I were a Georgia fan last year, I would have been pissed with all the stuff from Auburn, the challenging to call up, you know, 40 to 10 or whatever it was, uh, the, you know, we beat the dog crap out of them. You know, everybody, the way I look at it more and more though is, you know, this sport is, it's becoming like college tennis. It's so testosterone driven and like people are in each other's faces in ways that like coaches are in each other's faces. It feels like, and like, it's so personal. Um, and you're going to get it anyway. So, like, people are going to try to run the score up on you. So, you may as well prove a point while you're doing it. And don't forget how many kids were in the audience last night. Don't forget. And just go to dogpost.com right now. D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com right now to check out uh, Matt DeBerry's report from the game. There were tons of kids. And uh, they, they, you know, they like that stuff. I mean, you're not going to get black jerseys on a night against Auburn. Um I, I do kind of wonder if they will ever wear those again while Kirby's here. Because it was kind of like, all right, you know, I'm going to do this and get this out of the way. And, you know, we've worn them. Like, this is not an issue anymore. Uh, I don't I don't ever, I don't see them wearing them soon. But if there were a week to wear them, it'd be this week. But I just, maybe, and, and this is the week to wear them. I mean, it's that simple. But it's going to be, a, you know, basically a quasi-night game. You know, this game will be over at night. It will be night by halftime um so you know maybe it's when you wear but then again it doesn't matter you wear white you wear red i mean the dogs will be the dogs will be in red against alabama uh and they should be in red if they play in the sugar bowl i think i can't, I can't remember you know they were the three seed um last year and uh, they have not played alabama in white jerseys in a while since 2007 because obviously eight 12, 15, and then this week, this coming couple weeks, they will have been the home team or the designated home team um, in each one of those. Obviously wearing white in Tuscaloosa every single time. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's still an exciting time. Uh, this is not an exciting week, which is fine. We will we will continue to spread out. I may well go check out Tom Crean for the first time. Um, I, I will have the ability to. People are excited about that, too. Um, they scored a bunch of points. They had a lot of people there. Now, that's the most important part. They had a lot of people there. And it is becoming, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Jason Caldwell, inside the Auburn Tigers. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good people in our industry. He is, he and Mark Murphy over at Inside the Auburn Tigers are, are certainly two of the best. And uh, he was talking about Auburn's basketball. I brought it up and I said, do you know what people care? He said, whenever you win, they really care. He's right. And we're going to see people think Tom Crean is going to win. So they're, you know, all about it. And and I, you know, they can win big in basketball at Georgia. And you're seeing what Tennessee's doing, what Auburn's doing, what Florida has done. There's no excuse. There's no, you know, there's no confusion about what Georgia should be in basketball. It just hasn't been that for 20 years. It really hasn't. And, uh that's for those of us who played high level basketball in the state. Um, that's that's frustrating to watch. And tech too. I mean, tech is tech is just as much an indictment as Georgia is, if, if not slightly more to some degree, because they're playing in a better conference and they're playing in a major city. Uh, Georgia doesn't have the tradition that Georgia Tech does, uh, which is also a lie. The Georgia Tech basketball tradition. They had uh, about ten good, ten great years. Uh, uh, don't get me started on Georgia Tech basketball because they've disappeared since 2004. I mean, they just haven't mattered in any way for the last, you know, 14, 15 seasons. So we'll see if that gets any better. I kind of doubt it. That's an important game for Tom Crean in a weird way. But he is recruiting at a level. If you're watching Tom Crean, he's recruiting at a level you got to do it at. you you got to have four- and five-star kids. The other thing Jason and I were talking about, was, uh, you know, three, four-star kids in basketball, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Uh, particularly at an SEC school. So, we'll see what happens. But Georgia UMass this week, thanks to everyone for watching. Go to dogpost.com right now. D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. Give us a shot. One dollar for a month. I mean, come on, y'all. Just check it out. Go do your thing. Appreciate you watching. Everybody on iTunes and SoundCloud, thank you very much.